It is that time to talk about the holy month and particularly managing diabetes at this time. If you're fasting, if you are acknowledging, but also generally to talk about diabetes here in the UAE. So, as you know, that one in five have diabetes in UAE. These are, according to the International Diabetes Federation uh, statistics, so uh, about, you know, 18.9% and 50% don't know they have diabetes because diabetes doesn't have symptoms. And it is preventable by 30 minutes, brisk walk five times a week. You can even divide them 10 minutes you know, three times a day and, uh, and a balanced meal. So it can be reversed. And with that, if someone has, you know, uh, diabetes, 58% can be prevented. So during month of Ramadan, I know there's a feast of food. But remember, holy month of Ramadan, it is about cleansing your mind, your soul, your body. And those who acknowledge Ramadan with us who, I mean, they're even if they're non-Muslims, they tr- try to kind of, you know, encourage us as well. And uh, it's just the feasts. So I think uh, be mindful of the Dubai amount and, uh, and the type of food that we put in. And I guess, as you just outlined there, you know, whether you're hosting an iftar or suhoor or attending, uh, to be mindful and aware uh, as a Muslim and as a non-Muslim, uh, maybe what to bring to table and to what might be happening to one's body, uh, whether it's via your guests or yourself uh, individually. Uh, for people who, you know, when it comes to diabetes or even if you are somebody that's not been diagnosed with diabetes, but maybe has issues with digestion or, you know, maybe... Do you find at this time when it's Ramadan and people are fasting and their body goes through changes because the eating, eating patterns have changed, does it bring to light maybe more issues, exacerbate issues when it comes to it's eating? Qu- it's really quite interesting what you just, you just said because most people who have diabetes have type 2 especially. That is, you know, 97% of, the, of global diabetes is actually type 2 diabetes, which is lifestyle related and types of food and also they say when they fast, their sugar is so good. <laughs> During the day, it is absolutely brilliant. But once they start breaking fast, it's all over the place. So that really, um, and, I, and they said that to me yesterday, and I just said, okay, so what does that mean? Doesn't it mean that you are in control of what you eat and drink and being active? That really makes a difference to your sugar levels. So and what happens to your digestion? So there is a shock. So over these, I think we're going to be fasting around 15 hours. They say 15 hours, 15 minutes. I don't know because of 2015, but there is 15 there, and so they they might become dehydrated. So when we fast, what happens is our metabolism slows down. So it slows down because if it increases, we're going to get hungry. So everything just slows down and, and, and it starts detoxifying. So when we break fast, we need to get something that is absorbed really quickly, sugar, like dates. So that's why, you know, three dates, water, laban or, you know, buttermilk or a bit of soup. They go to prayer, take their medication if they need to take. And then they start off with the iftar meal. So breaking the fast, even breaking, breaking the fast. So the meal needs to be broken into two. So the digestion, so we don't shock the system with food all of a sudden and liquids. So we'll be able to digest it. And of course, that will 
absorb the sugar slowly. What about for those who have said, and it's interesting, just generally we've talked about detoxing uh, for people to cleanse their body. Uh, that's, you know, any time of the year yeah. and any body just looking at maybe wanting to maybe lose some weight or to reassess their eating habits and choices. And some people have come out and said that actually it's not good for you. It's not good for the body to detox in such a way. So when it comes to fasting, to stay healthy and making sure that you are taking care of the body, even whilst adhering to what is one's faith and what one wants to take on as a, a personal challenge and to feel, you know, what it's like to go hungry, which is part of what this fasting is about during Ramadan. So, I mean, as you just said, it's a personal challenge. It's really self-discipline. And, and, and it, 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 I suppose you have 29 days and I think to break a bad habit, you need about what they say, they say 21, 28 days. I mean, that's, that's good. We can stop smoking. We can start, you know, eating more healthier. So starting off with a salad uh, that we know about our proteins. And, uh, but the, the, the timing is so short between prayers that most people actually will have a light iftar the go for tarawih prayer, which is about an hour, an hour and a half given, and then they'll have their main meal. It's very important that they have a late supper or suhoor because that balances their energy levels during the day. So I think in a way what you're saying is, and what I'm reiterating is, it's really you are in tune with your body when you, you know, there's no food for or drink for 15 hours. And when you introduce that, what happens to your body, you would know. And what is important that you energize it with something that is nutritious in suhoor or supper. So that trains us, you know, in a physical manner, how to look after ourselves. And then, of course, the soul and spiritual, as you said, you know, feeling the hunger for, for, for our, uh, you know, uh, counterparts. And I'm talking to Dr. Fahana bin Luta of Imperial College London Diabetes Centre. In light of uh, the holy month of Ramadan uh, coming up in really just a few days, uh, you know, just over a week uh, around this time and how people are going to manage fasting, staying healthy through the holy month. And uh, we were talking just there very much about diabetes and also we're going to be looking at how to keep healthy through exercise, diet and one person's asking, and it's something you very much talk about, Dr. Fahana, is if you are diabetic, how is, is it okay for you to fast? Well, it always depends on the doctor and, and the condition of the person who has diabetes. So if it's stable diabetes, fasting is good, provided they take the advice of their doctor because they need an adjustment of their food, activity, and medication. So remember, there are three things that affect the sugar levels in a diabetic, whether they're type 1 or type 2. It's activity, uh, you know, food, and, and medication, whether it's insulin or tablets. So that needs to be adjusted because, you know, everything is different during Ramadan. Well, we're here now from a young gentleman in the UK, Yasser. Uh, he's talking to Diabetes UK and how he manages his time through the holy month. Have a listen to this. Hi, my name's Yasser. I'm 24 years old. I'm a Muslim and a diabetic. When I first found out I was diabetic, um, it was during Umrah, which is a Muslim pilgrimage. It was during the month of Ramadan as well. So 
initially I first thought I was dehydrated and it got to the point when I was very ill when I went into the hospital and I checked myself in it's when I found out that was that I was diabetic then when Ramadan comes around I generally look at my glucose levels over the period and see how I'm doing physically if I feel fit and well enough to fast for the month during Ramadan and throughout the year I always carry a banana or fruit generally to you know bring my glucose levels up or high glucose energy tablet in case I do feel it does drop but it's definitely a very important during the month of Ramadan because you haven't had any, had any food break my fast I always break my fast with dates and um, water or milk but also after that I eat my dinner like any other normal day but and I keep it within a regular portion so I don't eat too much if any, any friends if I had um, who were diabetic I'd say first of all check your glucose levels regularly during the day I mean it's it's commonly thought that you're not allowed to you know check your glucose levels during Ramadan but it's okay to do that I would also say if you feel unwell during the day it's okay to break your fast and then after that go see your doctor or anybody who helps manage your diabetes and seek assistance and then check if you can fast throughout the month again so listening there to Yasa from Diabetes UK and uh, I, I suppose what comes up there is kind of what I was talking about before in actually during fasting, during Ramadan, health issues can ar- maybe be detected because symptoms show themselves. Oh yeah, because I mean he was fasting and he didn't realise, you know, that he had diabetes. It only showed when he was going through Umrah and it was during the month of Ramadan he was fasting that he was feeling thirsty and these... I suppose they're heightened. Uh, that's that's probably what it is. When we're fasting, because the metabolism is, is so slow, if there are any symptoms of any sort of problem, they will be heightened. So blood pressure problems, any anything will be heightened when we are fasting. Because, you know, if everything is slowing down, why is there a symptom that is alerting us that there is some something wrong? Mm. So that's probably what happened with him. And he's very careful. He said, I was che- he checks his sugar before the month of Ramadan to make sure that he's okay to fast. And he always has his monitor with him and has some sugary thing. because. And he said that it's okay to check because some people think it is haram or not allowed to to check uh one's sugar levels when they're fasting when actually there are a lot of fatawi to say that it's allowed all right and they can check that with the islamic affairs and he's doing that correctly because if it drops you know he needs to break his fast and he is mindful of that as well you need to break your fast because it can be dangerous that they could go into a coma or so on. And he said, I mind my portions. He talked about his portions as well. So I, th- I think he's doing really well. What can people do now as uh, the days are passing to prepare oneself? Because it's not just the case that when the Ramadan is called that you go into fast. It is about preparing yourself mentally and physically for the holy month. So um, some people actually do fast in Sha'ban and uh, the, the, the uh, Prophet Muhammad used to fast also the whole month of Sha'ban so some people do prepare themselves by fasting 
before that. So they don't shock their system going into the, the, the holy month of Ramadan without being prepared, you know. Uh, or they can try to lessen their food and just drink plenty of water. So just reducing gradually till they come to the month of Ramadan. So that can be helpful. And be mindful that if they have diabetes, to check their sugars that they're within limits, as in they don't get low sugar, less than 70, not higher than 200. And if they do, that they really need to see their... Uh, doctor. Looking at the global statistics of uh, diabetes and uh, you, it, looking here in the UAE, so uh, the International Diabetes Federation suggests that 387 million people are living with diabetes worldwide. And in the UAE, diabetes affects 19% of the population, placing the nation 16th worldwide for countries with the highest diabetes prevalence per capita. Sad to say we're high up on that list, aren't we, Dr. Fahana? <laughs> Oh, it seems like, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, 30 years ago, you'd never heard of it. So um, there's also data, as in we are testing more, therefore we have more. But the other thing is, is as well, there is a slight genetic predisposition for Asians and Arabs that we develop diabetes much more quicker than our counterparts, Caucasians. So there is a tendency, but it doesn't mean we leave it to genetics. Genetics is a very small part. Most of, if you talk about food and exercise, these are behaviors. So this is outside of our genes. So we need to be more active, be mindful of what we eat, and, and, and have a balanced you know, uh, you know, lifestyle. The difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes, to understand that better. So... Uh, normally our pancreas which is you know it's, it's a gland it secretes hormones and it's near the near the stomach it it, it 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 makes shall we say it's a key insulin and that key which is insulin opens a lock on the cells to enter glucose which is an energy source or sugar that goes into the cell so gives us either energy consumed or it gets stored so normally everyone has that. What happens in type 1 is the factory doesn't make that, that, those keys anymore. And so the sugar goes up. So they need to take extra keys from outside their body, which is insulin injections. Or they could take an insulin pump. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, well, can we not have transplant? Or can we have stem cells? Yes, but it's very early days. Okay. That's, so that's type 1. But yeah. type 2 is they have insulin, but their body, their lock, there's something wrong with the lock. So, so in, in, in people who are sensitive to insulin, it's, it's like the insulin that they have is a master key. It opens loads of doors. But in someone who's type 2, it's like their key doesn't open even half a door or anything. They need so many because they have something called active fat. So active fat is the, it's the, it's the belly fat that is around our tummy that acts against us, actually. It against insulin. Uh, it causes more inflammation. And so cholesterol goes up, blood pressure goes up, and so on. But these are all related to our lifestyle. Just to come back, Dr. Fahana, and clarify those differences and maybe similarities as well. So... Type 1 is called so as, as because there's no insulin. So it's pancreatic failure. So they don't have insulin on board. 
So they need to take insulin injections and usually there are multiple daily injections. One is long acting and the other one is short acting or called bolus with meals. And they're usually taught to do carb counting. So the amount of sugar that is available in each meal and they need to cor either correct it for that or you know the same amount so they, they know the correction rate and how much insulin they need to take for each car, uh, car, carb count. So that's very, very scientific and very specific. Um, usually it, in type 1, uh, it, it, the onset or age onset is, is in younger, you know, in children or teenagers. And they usually complain of like they're really feeling really tired and passing a lot of water, unable to concentrate, losing weight. And that's how parents are alerted and then they go to the doctor and they found out that actually they have diabetes. And that's something it takes a whole show to talk about, which we have done in the past. But the difference then to type 2 diabetes. So is it that type 2 diabetes is uh, more about your lifestyle and how you are bringing on this condition? Type 1 is something that is a physical reaction to do with your body? Or am I being completely no, off the mark No, both of them have a lifestyle change. Uh, no, wait, but the but reason why one might be a type 1 diabetic oh, yeah. as opposed well, to a type, type 2 diabetic. Type one, type 1 is related to, they say that is related to some kind of a, it's an autoimmune as the body attacks the pancreas, right? And then the pancreas is not able to make any insulin. We don't know why. There is some related to something called adenovirus, which is like a cold virus. And there are studies being done on that. And usually mostly it is not inherited but it can occur in families as well but type 2 as as you mentioned it is a mostly a lifestyle but it can occur in inheritance because we you know we look like our parents or we look like our brothers and sisters and if we're in the same environment they might, might tend to do the same stuff that they as as they do and that is determined by uh, our environment unless we change our environment so we can change our behavior to a healthier one so during Ramadan and fasting for all those days, uh, you've already talked about how the body might change and respond. But to look at the foods that one should be avoiding during Ramadan when it comes to iftar and suhoor. And, you know, you are from the local community. You're the person that can tell me that. I can't suggest that um, because there are many traditions involved in what should be at table during iftar and suhoor. But to manage your health during this time, some of the foods you would recommend so remember that fasting is not really you know it's not just common for the muslim culture i mean lent i mean and they have buddhists who fast there are hindus who fast and they have different ways of fasting either they fast from a certain food or chocolates or sweets or meats or some of them just go on you know very vegan and so on so fasting is known in so many cultures because it is a self-discipline spiritual and good for the body might be mindful that our body needs to be uh, healthy to do so so that's why it's very important for someone who has diabetes to see their doctor before they start doing that it doesn't matter if we have diabetes and we if and and uh, or we don't have diabetes we should be eating healthy anyways these kind of sugary drinks at, at, at Ramadan and and uh, you know why do we need sugary drinks we can have fruit salad you know, why do we have to fry up everything? You can just, you know, drizzle a bit of oil if you want and put it in the oven. So there are healthier ways of doing that because we'll end up having indigestion, then taking an antacid, and then we won't be able to do our prayers. And 
that beats the purpose of the holy month of Ramadan. So, so portions are something to consider as well. Yeah, so instead of, you know, juices and sugary drinks, have water, okay, leban, but not too salty, or buttermilk that is not too salty. Have uh, plenty of fruits and vegetables, vegetables that are greens, that are uh, high in water and fiber, because we need to replenish for 15 hours we'll be fasting. And, and uh, you know, like say strawberries, most berries actually just contain a lot of water and fiber, so they're good. So I'm better off eating the fruit than having it in, in a juice because the fiber is taken away when it's in a juice and the amount of fruit that is made into a juice is more. Uh, someone's asking about exercise. It was on our list as well. Um, is it okay for people to exercise during Ramadan? So exercise in itself or any sort of phys- physical activity sensitizes our body to insulin. So when we talked about insulin resistance, so how do we counteract that? exercise type of food and having a balanced meal and sleeping early is very important so because we need to rejuvenate do can we exercise yes but see your doctor before you do so because they would know when is the best time for you okay because you know some people might exercise before uh, they can have 10 minute walk but provided that they check their sugar because they this is the time when actually their sugar drops most people, their sugar drops just before iftar because that's the time when they have to break their fast anyway. So it's very, they have to be mindful of that. And because it's really hot, so maybe they could do it, you know, in, inside. So they could take up the stairs, you know, or, you know. Taraweeh in itself is actually an exercise because, you know, an hour, uh, an hour and a half of, of the prayers, standing, rukur, sujood, th- this in itself actually is an exercise. Some people exercise just go for a brisk walk after taraweeh. So that, that, that is encouraged as well, but provided that you check with your doctor. What about doing more physical exercise, like going to the gym and uh, maybe cycling or doing something more uh, that's going to sort of, you know, challenge you even more with your physical routine? I've seen people who are very, very excited to change their lifestyle because this is, this is like the time they're like, oh, I have less hours at, at work and you know more time to to look after myself and so why don't i put an hour or 45 minutes of exercise yes but see your doctor about that because you know you know if if they get you know dehydrated or that's why it's really important suhoor and when we break our fast that we replenish the nutrients hydration is really important we try to avoid uh you know stimulants like caffeine if you want to have coffee yes about a cup or arabic coffee we say three all right, because, you know, it is a diuretic, as in you pass water, you get dehydrated more. And we say avoid sugar drinks because they make you more thirsty as well. So if they see the doctor, sure. If they want to, I've seen them actually do it after taraweeh. Some of them, I've seen them in Khawani Jmamsha, they do it, uh, the guys anyway, before before prayer, before iftar. And they, they seem okay, but I'm sure they've seen their doctor before that. <laughs> And as one nears the end of Ramadan, what does one need to consider with regards to uh, eating again during daylight hours? Well, you see that that is yeah, Eid is is, is a feast actually, isn't it? So uh, people who have diabetes or taking you know uh, insulin, they they change, they have to change their regime to prepare themselves for for Eid, and uh, it's it's just. I think if you have your breakfast at home, 
So when you go and visit others, you'll have light. You know, you c- you'll tend to have lighter meals. But if you can't avoid, because like everyone's like, I'll go on, have a bit, have a bit, then just go, you know, light so you can have your the, the things that you want. So if you want to have a sweet, be mindful of how many sweets you're having. Say, okay, would, I, would you mind getting a fruit salad? Every house has dates or fruit salads and all that. So fresh things, not made up things. So they can have that and, and, and instead of having all the lovely sweets. Well, we've posted up on our website on the health page at Dubai Today uh, tips from the Imperial College London Diabetes Centre. So you can uh, dip into that as you will over the next few weeks for inspiration, advice and guidance. Uh, managing diabetes through the holy month of Ramadan. Staying healthy for everybody actually at this time. So for now, Dr. Fahana Bin Luta of Imperial College London Diabetes Centre, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.